Happy Friday, everyone. On today's Locked On NHL, we are going to remember Guy Lafleur. We're going to talk about a future potential for playoff expansion. Plus, we've got a look ahead to the full weekend slate of games and more. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Friday edition of Locked On NHL. I'm Rachel Donner from Locked On Flyers. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always on Fridays with Gil Martin of Locked On Islanders. You can find him on Twitter at IceWarsNYIVSNYR. Thanks for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all your favorite podcasting platforms and over on YouTube. All right, Gil, it feels like we are the locked on NHL hosts that have the unfortunate uh, task and but also an honor of talking about NHL legends who have passed recently. Uh, Last week, we talked about Mike Bossy and, you know, the incredible impact he had for the Islanders. And this week, it's Guy Lafleur who was the Montreal Canadiens legend. Uh, He was only 70 years old, but uh, was absolutely legendary and, you know, was a huge part of that Canadiens dynasty in the 70s for Stanley Cups. Uh, He himself had six seasons with at least 50 goals and 100 points, uh, award-winning, you name it, he did it. And uh, what a tremendous loss for hockey. Yeah, really, <clears throat> really sad. I mean, uh, Guy Lafleur. I, I remember him playing in his glory days with the Canadiens, and really, from the nineteen seventy four seventy five season through the seventy nine eighty season, there was no more dangerous goal scorer in the NHL than Guy Lafleur. And sort of the the memory of those great Canadians teams and Lafleur coming down the right wing, his long blonde hair, you know, mm-hmm. moving as he was skating so quickly uh, back in the days before they had helmets. He was just uh, an unbelievable figure. And and for those five, six seasons, there was nobody better. Um, he came out of juniors with so much pressure on him. Everybody knew he was going to be the next big thing. And for the first three seasons, he had 20-plus goals, but he didn't live up to the hype. And then in in 74, 75, everything just clicked. And, you know, from 75, 76 to 78, 79, four straight Stanley Cups, so many magic moments for uh, Guy Lafleur and those great Canadians teams. And, uh, you know, another, uh, another great player from that era, leaving us way too soon. Yeah, you talked about that pressure he was under in his early career. Uh, You know, I was more familiar with the latter stages uh, after he came back out of retirement. But I I think that, you know, one thing that I was less familiar with was that early pressure in terms of the Canadians moving up in the draft to pick him and passing on Marcel Dion, who... 
you know, was the guy that I think Canadians fans wanted at the time. And so in terms of their head-to-head stats, you know, at least for Habs fans, my understanding, it was kind of a Crosby-Ovechkin situation in terms of, you know, the the expectations and who was going to be better than the other. But, you know, I think Lafleur really proved himself, like you said, you know, it took a couple of years, but he got there and, you know, what an incredible run for the Habs. Uh, unbelievable and <clears throat> you look at his numbers his last two seasons in juniors with the quebec ramparts uh, you know 56 games 103 goals 170 points and then the following year he tops it with 130 goals and 209 mm. points in 62 games you could see why the pressure was so high on lafleur that he was expected to do so much and it's scary to think that his rookie year, he gets 29 goals, and that was considered a disappointment. Right. Uh, how times have changed. Uh, he, of course, won the Hart Trophy twice. He had the Con Smythe Trophy. And I, I think that, you know, again, for for those of us who are maybe slightly younger and only remember the the end of his career, uh, he retired unusually early uh, when he was 33, uh, mostly, I think, because his style of play just didn't really fit in what the kind of new Canadians look was at the time in the 80s. And, you know, it was a really uh, unusual move for a guy like him to just walk away at 33. It was. And, you know, he had 30 goals the year before he, you know, the last full season before he stepped away. And he he retired pretty early in the 84-85 season, did not play at all for three years, and then made his big comeback in, in 1988. After a Hall of Fame induction, yes, too, which is so nuts to think about. <clears throat> yeah, and, you know, the Rangers brought him in, and he did respectably 18 goals in 67 games, followed that up with two seasons with the Quebec Nordique, which was ironic given the rivalry back mm-hmm. then between Montreal and Quebec uh, on the ice. And, you know, it, and yet while he wasn't the 50 goal scorer anymore he was still a respectable uh you know player in his time with the rangers and the nordique and yeah i mean wow between mike bossy last week and guy lafleur this show now i mean so many great memories so many great goals and and really two players who from 1976 to 1983 those two teams were the only teams that won a Stanley Cup in eight years, and these two guys were the best goal scorers on those two respective dynasties, and we haven't seen a team win three or four Cups in a row since the Canadian dynasty followed by the Islanders dynasty. Yeah. One thing that I always found fascinating was with Marc-Andre Fleury allowing him to use the flower nickname always seemed like a little off to me at the beginning, but now I kind of appreciate it, that it's a really cool nickname. Obviously, it's related to their French names, and um, I I think, you know, it's a worthy nickname to be passed along. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, the the other thing is this – you think about LaFleur, like it, it, it was hard to imagine him 
playing with a helmet. I know he did early and late in his career, but you know, the, when I think of Guy Lafleura, I just think of that era before most players wore helmets, and and you know his longer seventies blonde hair, just you know him and 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 Bobby Hull had that long hair that used to just fly all over right. the place when they streaked down the wing, and you knew it was trouble when you saw him coming down at you <laughs> exactly. with speed. So uh, just, uh, you know, just reminds me of that era. And, and Guy Lafleur just personified that era for a lot of people. He really did. Well, there's a couple of guys who are trying to make their mark in this era with some achievements over the last week or so. Uh, Steven Stamkos being one of them. He set the Tampa Bay Lightning franchise record for career points. Uh, in that amazing eight to one win over Toronto that happened. And uh, yeah, that should be a, a good matchup first off, if that holds for the playoffs, but what a career Steven Stamkos has had as well. Yeah. 956 career points in a Tampa Bay lightning uniform passing Martin St. Louis. And uh, yeah, I mean, you, you know, with a guy like Stamkos, he's not close to done. Exactly. And then uh, we talked in a recent show about players hitting that 100 point mark and you know how prolific this season has been. You know, we haven't seen anything like this since 2007, 2008. Matthew Kachuk joined that Century Club and he is, you know, one of the first Calgary players to do it in forever, I think, since Aginla. So you know, this has been an incredible season for scoring overall. We've got some, you know, traditional guys in the mix. We've got new guys in the mix. And it, it's just been a really exciting season of of players making their mark on this game. Yeah, it, it's, it's been exciting. And now, you know, you have Kachuk and Johnny Goudreau both going over 100 points for the Flames. Uh, only the fourth time in uh, franchise history going all the way back to their time in Atlanta that they've been able to do that. And uh, yeah, and, and and the Flames clinching a division title and and being, you know, got to be excited for their possibilities in the playoffs. Exactly. Well, speaking of the playoffs, we've got some updates on the current playoff situation for you, as well as the age-old should we expand, expand the playoffs discussion coming up next. But first, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Have you tried the Puffs? Well, if you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. And like all Built Bars, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite. They've got incredible flavors like yummy cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow. My personal favorite is the banana cream pie. They're so good. These are going to be your new favorite. And look, most Built Bars contain just 130 calories, only four grams of sugar and four grams of net carbs, but they pack 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually gives you about 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar and dozens of net carbs. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. 
Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thanks for making Locked On NHL your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. It's nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from all our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so we have our first locked-in playoff series with the St. Louis Blues to face the Minnesota Wild in the playoffs, and I am so excited for this series. I think it should be a lot of fun. It should be. I mean, these are two very evenly matched teams, and, you know, I I get the feeling that either one of these teams, whoever comes out of this series – is not a a team that anyone is going to want to face and they'll also be battle tested because it's going to be a really competitive series this is the third time these two teams have met in the playoffs they split the first two series and i i mean i'm excited now we we finally have uh a series that's definite locked in and uh it should be a real good one the other uh, bit of updates on that front, we have divisional clinches for the Florida Panthers and Calgary Flames. And man, the Florida Panthers are on such a tremendous run right now. And you have to wonder, like, are they peaking slightly too early or is this the exact right moment? Yeah, you, you know, 12 wins in a row. Very impressive. Uh, you know, I... I it's just hard to believe that they're playing at such a high level. You, you, They are capable of playing like this, but you don't want to peak too soon. And you want to, I guess, you don't want to take your foot off the, the gas. You want to keep it going, but you don't want to, you know, use up all your energy on these last few games that don't have a lot of meaning. So, you know, there's always something when it comes to getting ready for the playoffs. And right. the weird thing is, if a team is successful in the playoffs, they look back and say, oh, yeah, they did the right thing, regardless of what that is. And then if they don't win in the playoffs, oh, they peaked too soon. Oh, they did, you know, they tried too hard to win the division or win the president's trophy. And I, I, I don't know. Right now, if you're a Florida Panthers fan, just enjoy this ride and, and hope that the team can continue to play at this high a level. Exactly. So with the playoffs just around the corner, you know, conversation starts to heat up about it. And Greg Wyshynski put out an article on ESPN.com talking about his suggestions to make the NHL playoffs uh, better by expanding them. And it's a conversation that gets brought up, I think, almost every year for the last several years. And I think that was you know, heightened when we had the bubble season where it was expanded playoffs because the regular season was cut short due to the pandemic. And so they wanted to give some additional teams a chance that might have had a chance had the regular season played out. And so there were some, you know, play in rounds there, shortened play in rounds, and people thought it was fun. And but then at the end, and the NHL said, nope, we're just going to go back to the way it was before. (laughs) And so that was kind of tabled for the time being. But of course, you know, people remember that. And the fact that we are now up to a 32 team league. And uh, so 
as is just natural via the math, uh, the percentage of teams in the league making the playoffs has steadily decreased over the last couple of decades. And we're now at officially 50% of the teams making the playoffs. And so people are like, oh, maybe more than 50% should be in the playoffs. And uh, I think so Greg's suggestion in his article was to expand it to 20 teams and you have a play in round uh, with the seven to 10 seeds with the kind of double elimination method where you have the seven and eight seed play a game and then the winner automatically gets the bid the loser then plays the winner of the nine ten game so that that eight seed gets two chances to make the playoffs when everybody else just gets um one so i think that you know it's an option that's for sure but gil what is your take on if the nhl should expand the playoffs at all well first of all i know they will it's just a question of when but realistically i i like 50 i think it's a nice round number uh, I mean, I remember when the NHL had 21 teams and they played an 80-game schedule to eliminate five of them from the playoffs. Uh, you know, you had 16 out of 21 teams qualifying, and, and that made the regular season almost meaningless. I understand wanting to have fans in more cities excited about playoff chances for longer. You and I both know if they do this play-in thing, in five years, it'll then be a best two out of three and then a best three out of five. They'll milk it for, you know, whatever they can. But to me, having the top uh, 50% of teams make the playoffs, it just sounds about right as to how it, it keeps the playoffs meaning something um, and doesn't cheapen the regular season too much. I, I'm just concerned that we will see the regular season be made less impactful as a result of uh expanding the playoffs too much i know it's going to happen because there's money to be made but mm. i i like it the way it is right now what about you yeah i tend to agree with that i also think that the season is long enough as it is to be honest i think that if you're going to expand the playoffs i would reduce the number of regular season games in order to get there i i think that uh, one thing that I have taken away from this season where we had the Olympic break that then went away, this season has dragged out for three extra weeks. And I've, I mean, I don't know if it's be just because my team that I cover is uh, on the downside of things. And so it feels like it's been longer, but it's been longer on the calendar and I just get concerned about extending the season too long. And I definitely think, well, it absolutely would have to be negotiated with the players union and, you know, renegotiated in the CBA in order to make this work because it would also then shorten the time in between the end of the season and the following season in terms of rest time for the players that go all the way to the end. Um, there's more injury potential. So there's a lot of, side effects to expanding the playoffs and you know making teams play additional games that i think have to be considered before you would move forward now from a business standpoint makes total sense more exactly. games more revenue and so i totally get that 
And I think, you know, a lot of people like playoff hockey and want to see more of it. And I certainly understand that as well. And, you know, playoff hockey is, I think, the most exciting sport you'll see out there. And no bias here from Locked on <laughs> NHL. But um, nothing like playoff hockey, though. But there nothing. is nothing like playoff hockey. And so more of it, that could be a good thing as well. So I think my gut instinct says no, but I absolutely see the points being made to add oh, those extra likewise. teams. And, and and we know it's going to happen. It's just a question of when. I think so, too. I think so, too. But, you know, to get there, we still have to finish out this season. And so we have a very full weekend of games to talk about coming up next with an interesting twist in one of them, which I am excited to talk about. But first, betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs, basketball playoffs, plus Major League Baseball is underway, and everybody is excited about that. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to the playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, real quickly before we get into the weekend schedule, I want to touch on uh, next season's schedule, which they announced about the uh, Global Series games, which are always fun and exciting. So the Sharks and Nashville Predators are going to play in Prague, Czech Republic. Uh, in October, and then the Colorado Avalanche are going to face the Blue Jackets in Finland. I love it. I, I mean, the the international games are always kind of fun, different feel to it, different situation, but it, it's unique, and uh, it's good to grow the game that way to get the NHL more exposure in Europe. Uh, Always there's the time difference and, and you know, getting the, the players back and acclimated mm-hmm. to the time zone. But I always enjoy the European games. Yeah, and they play the exhibition games as well, which are also fun. So there's going to be one of those in Switzerland and one in Berlin, which I'm actually really excited about that one because it's going to be against Ice Baron Berlin, which uh, I actually watched several games of because in the lockout, uh, a couple of flyers, including uh, Claude Giroux, I think it was Danny Breer was the other one at the time, played for the Berlin team. So um they're they're a fun team with a really good atmosphere nice all right heading into the i guess second to last weekend of regular season games this season can't believe it uh friday is a little bit of a lighter schedule i think the big matchup for that day is colorado versus edmonton yeah and uh you know two teams that uh, don't necessarily like each other all that much and you know, the Avalanche just trying to lock up President's Trophy and 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 finish strong with momentum. Edmonton kind of more, you know, fighting for positioning. But uh, I like this potential for a lot of goals in this game. Let's put it that way. Yeah, definitely. 
I think on Saturday, the game that I am interested to watch may not be the most high-profile game in terms of the matchup, but for the Detroit Red Wings versus Pittsburgh Penguins game on NHL Network, they're doing a slightly different kind of broadcast where it won't be a a traditional play-by-play and color commentary. They have four people, so it's uh, your usual lineup over there of EJ Heredek, uh, Jackie Redman, Mike Rupp, and Kevin Weeks. And they're just going to do a more of a free-flowing commentary and analysis discussion while the game is going on. And I love that idea of, of having you know a different way to approach broadcasting the game and uh, a different way of experiencing it from uh, a commentary and analysis perspective. It'll be interesting. And uh, I, I, even though the Islanders are playing the Sabres then dur- in between periods or during commercials, I'll try to at least listen and watch a few minutes of it just to check it out. Uh, should be a different experience. And, and you know, those announcers, will, they'll be in capable hands, no doubt about that. Yeah, I wonder if Kevin Weeks will break out any of his breaking news content <laughs> there. But... <laughs> It should be fun regardless. The rest of the games that day are a lot of fun, too. We have Rangers at Boston, Nashville at Tampa, Toronto at Florida, Vancouver at Calgary. I mean, lots of really great hockey. That Vancouver at Calgary game should be interesting because as of now, uh, Vegas and Vancouver, the only teams out of the playoff picture in the league that still have a shot at it. And now that Calgary has clinched the division, you know, is there going to be incentive to play as hard? Or are they going to take it slightly easy with Vancouver needing to to win in order to to get in the playoffs? I, I'm very curious about that one. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And and yeah, I'm sure Calgary wouldn't mind, you know, knocking Vancouver out. So we'll we'll see absolutely how that goes. And then you've also got, you know, the Battle of LA later on that night, Anaheim and uh LA, the Battle of uh Southern California. And, you know, while Anaheim isn't going to make the playoffs, it's still a nice rivalry game. Exactly. And then on Sunday, Sunday is jam-packed. It's an unusually busy Sunday for the NHL. Of course, I will be watching Flyers-Pens. I'm actually going to go to that game, uh, which uh, doesn't have as much shine on it as it might have in years past. But I think it will be a fun game regardless because the Flyers' uh, young kids that they've signed recently uh, have been having a lot of fun out there and so I'm looking forward to seeing them in person but besides that you know we have Tampa at Florida which huge rivalry once again Uh, I think that with Florida winning the division I think Tampa is going to have a little bit of an edge to them and we saw what they just did to Toronto so Mm -hmm. I think they're in good shape right now Uh, speaking of Toronto they're facing the Caps who uh, again another playoff team I think that it'll be a good kind of tune-up game for playoff hockey for both of them and then we have Minnesota at Nashville and the Sharks at Vegas and both of those have serious playoff implications uh, you know, for Nashville to stay in the playoffs and Vegas to try and leapfrog and get into the playoffs. Yeah, it'll be some some intense action. And I'll tell you this, getting back to Toronto and Washington, uh, Toronto cannot afford to give up, you know, six, seven, eight goals again like they did 
the other night. If they give up back-to-back games where they let in a lot of goals, you're going to hear a lot of mumbling going on in and around Toronto. Yeah, they do get a little worried heading into the playoffs (laughs) with good reason, I guess. And, you know, with um, Austin Matthews having spent some time out, you know, I can understand a little bit of, of nervousness there as well. So, yeah, I think, you know, especially against a team like the Caps, I think that's a good opportunity for them to, you know, show those younger legs that they have and and get that confidence back as we approach the playoffs. And they'll need to because, you know, there's always so much pressure on the Maple Leafs coming into the playoffs. And the last thing they need is to start worrying, oh, no, we can't stop the puck from going into our own net. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I think that'll do it for today's show and for the week here at Locked On NHL. Uh, Gil, what have you got going on in New York Islanders world? Uh, Well, two games this weekend uh, uh, in Buffalo and then home to Carolina. Uh, Obviously, Carolina battling the New York Rangers for first place in the Metropolitan Division. So that game will have some real playoff implications. How about you with the Flyers? Uh, we're just heading into the home stretch. Like I said, uh, really excited about some of the young kids that we have just signed and getting to see them in NHL action has been a delight, I think, over the past week or so. And we've got you know, four more games left on the schedule, and we'll see where the Flyers wind up in draft lottery positioning coming yeah. up. So we'll be able to talk about that next week a little bit. We will know all those things by next week. So that'll be good. All right. That'll do it for the show today. Of course, Gil will be back Monday with his show, checking in on teams with hosts from around the league. We'll both be back next Friday to recap the week that was and look ahead to the final weekend games of the regular season. Uh, Once again, you can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. Gil is on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-I-V-S-N-Y-R. You made us your first listen today. Now make your next listen Locked on Fantasy Hockey. Hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great weekend.